1: of the Bruce Hooley Show. Uh, we have uh, corrected the computer glitch that occurred uh, live in the middle of the first hour, uh, but we might have some other gremlins dogging us here as we proceed through hour number two. Uh, we will uh, soldier on and hope that you will stick with us here. You can access the show always via the iHeartTuneIn and Radio.com apps. We'd prefer you download our own app, the 989-THE-ANSWER app, uh, the podcast plays uh, pretty much immediately after the show. We break the show down into half-hour increments, remove the commercials, so it's uh, by half-hour, but four segments per day, about 17, 18 minutes of content each time. So access that as well. The podcast numbers are up. We really appreciate that. Uh, You've heard about, of course, by now, the uh, terrific and horrific wildfires uh, on the island of Maui in Hawaii. Anyone who's been there, Uh, It hits home because uh, it's, I suppose, possible but probably inconceivable that you've been to Maui and have not been to the town of Lahaina, which is just an adorable little uh, coastal town right there. And it's gone. It's uh, completely gone. All those uh, high-end galleries, all those uh, fun little shops to browse, all those great restaurants, um, and the homes for about 13,000 people that live there, uh, most of whom work there, uh, are gone. Uh, Joe Biden, on Sunday, uh, enjoying yet another uh, Delaware beach vacation, uh, could not be bothered to comment on it. Uh, There are. It's interesting to me. I saw Fox talking about Biden's no comment on the death toll in Hawaii. And Fox extended to Joe Biden the courtesy of saying, well, maybe he didn't hear what they were shouting at him. Now, again. This is not a courtesy that would have been paid to any Republican had they not heard the question. Oh, look at how unfeeling you are. No comment. Ah, And they would have talked about it endlessly. They would have brought on commentators to talk about it. Uh, We could spend the whole day here doing whataboutism on the double standard between the way Democrats treat Joe Biden and the way Republicans uh, are treated. But the Maui situation, um, I have said to me, is just I don't know how they ever, ever, ever— get back to what they were before because there was a lot of generational, not so much wealth, but just generational ownership in Hawaii. And maybe they're fully insured, maybe they can build back, but what I would anticipate is that now there's going to be a lot of outside money coming into Maui, rebuild it from a tourist perspective, and take away a lot of the charm that was inherent to it because of the fact that it was owned by many people who were native Hawaiians. One of uh, the very, very uh, sad things that's going on is the identification of people killed by those raging wildfires. And they're at the point now where the bodies are burned to such a degree that they can't even find them without cadaver dogs. And so the death toll has now climbed over 100. I would be surprised if it doesn't... I would actually be surprised if it doesn't double from where it is now. But... An Ohio team, uh, trained, certified uh, cadaver dogs, and three handlers have been sent to Maui to help with similar task force from Washington State and Nevada. Uh, They are departing at this hour for Maui. So uh, people are coming to their aid. It's interesting to watch the coverage. The government relief efforts are not getting very high marks. The natives in Maui are starting to complain about the government effort, which is a little interesting because Hawaii is as or more democratic than California and New York and New Jersey. So if they complain, they are complaining against a state that is run by Democrats. Their two senators are Democrats. Their representatives in the House are are Democrats. Their governor is a Democrat. The president is a Democrat. And so if they complain about the, the relief they're getting or not getting, it's going to land on the backs of people who they are unrepentantly supportive of and have been for a long, long time. Yesterday, the White House, trying to save Joe Biden from his no comment on Hawaii, announced that every family would be getting $700 from the federal government. Now, I have not been to Maui since my 10th anniversary. So that's more than a decade ago. It was the last time I was in Maui. In fact, I wasn't even in Maui then. I was in Kauai. But I can tell you that $700 in Maui is enough to live on for about a day and a half. For about a day and a half. I remember on my honeymoon, okay, 2001, we go to Maui and we got to fill up the rental car with gas and it's Two dollars and forty six cents a gallon. And I said to my wife, how could anybody ever live here? Two forty six a gallon is crazy. Yeah, we'd all love that now. But I can't imagine what the prices are in Maui now with inflation. But Joe Biden to the rescue, ladies and gentlemen, on the same day that he announces or his White House announces. Tens of billions of dollars more in aid to Ukraine Good old Scranton Joe, good old blue-collar, everyman, I-got-your-back, bottom-up, middle-out Joe cuts a check for $700 to every family who has literally lost everything in Maui. Nice going, nice going, Joe Biden. Now, as we start the new school year here in Ohio, and I announced in the beginning of the show, we definitely started it today. I could tell from the uh, traffic jams and uh, backups on the freeway this morning. We have our first year where teachers in the state of Ohio are or can be authorized to be armed as they teach to neutralize a school shooter. This is very controversial. Was approved in September of 2022, House Bill 99, signed into law by the governor. You can, if you are so inclined, you don't have to, if your school board approves it and you as a teacher want to do it, you can take 24 hours of training, pass the training, and carry a weapon as you teach school during the day. The Democrats hate this, of course. They hate anything to do with guns, but they do nothing to stop crime. They let it proliferate. They let it escalate. They don't want to punish anybody. But the other people who hate this, of course, are the teachers' unions. They hate it because Democrats hate it. Teachers' unions hate it. So Scott DeMarro of the uh, teachers' union, he's the head of the, I think he's the Ohio Education Association, Says this the idea of giving people that already have full time responsibility in educating children a second responsibility of serving as armed security guards is just misguided. It's stretching people that are already stretched thin a little bit too far and doesn't really make our schools more safe. Uh, This, of course, makes no sense. Because what Scott DeMauro is, I think, willfully overlooking here is that if you are a teacher carrying a loaded weapon at school in the case of a school shooter, that is not something that you are thinking about as you teach your class until what occurs, until there's a school shooter, until there's a loud noise, until there's some kind of warning, until there's some kind of alert, some kind of alarm some kind of notification that, hey, I might actually now have to come to the rescue of the students that I teach. Now, I want the teachers that are teaching my kids to be armed, and I honestly, if you ask me, here's your choice, Bruce, the teacher of your kid's class can have a weapon loaded and ready to fire. Even if they've never been trained, they can have access to that weapon if there's a school shooter in your school. Do you want the teacher to have access to that weapon, even if they've never been trained? And I don't even have to hesitate for a half a hot second. My answer is yes, because the alternative to that is what? Shooter in, uh, bursts into the classroom, quite possibly shoots my child, your child, and the teacher All dead. There's no deterrent to that shooter if the teacher is not armed. Now, obviously, obviously, I would prefer the teacher be trained if they are going to be armed. But I can't even remotely understand the perspective of somebody who purports to be a leader of an educational endeavor, although (laughs) it's a teacher's union, so it's not really an educational endeavor. It's nothing more than a grift for him and the people who are also in administration at the Ohio Education Association. They would rather there not be armed teachers in schools if there's a school shooter in a school. That is what they are saying. They would prefer that teachers not have weapons to combat school shooters. He says the answer is school resource officers. Well, I got news for you, Scott Demaro. If you had any clue or cared to investigate the finances of rural school districts in the state of Ohio, you would find that they don't have the budget to pay a school resource officer. But they're already paying teachers. I don't know who said it, but I'm going to steal it. Uh, liberals are so open-minded, leftists are so open-minded, Democrats are so open-minded, their brains have fallen out. Uh, I've been holding this story for a long time, and today I happened upon it, and I thought, uh, what better way to show the uh, chasm between how Republicans think and how Democrats think, or also how sane people think and how crazy people think. The story is a tale of a murder of a woman in Oakland, California. Now, if you pay attention to the headlines much, you know that Oakland is a crime hellhole and that citizens of Oakland, overwhelmingly African-American, have become fed up to above their head with the level of crime. But there are some who are true believers. Here's the headline on the story. A man is charged with murdering Jen Angel. Her friends are still pushing for restorative justice. The story occurred in late June of this year. A 19-year-old man, Esmail Birch, was arrested and charged with the murder of Oakland baker Jen Angel. Did he rob her in uh, the midst of her store? Uh, Well, no, she was on the street, minding her own business, walking down the street, when uh, this guy, Ismail Birch, ran up to her and decided he would steal her purse. She decided, in what I think is a strange response for someone, as you will soon see, committed to restorative justice, as she is, she didn't just let him have it. She chased after him and... (laughs) attempted to reach in and grab her purse once Mr. Birch got in his car and tried to flee. Uh, Jen Angel became caught in the door of the car and surveillance video showed that Mr. Birch continued to drive away, dragging her more than 50 feet, causing blunt force trauma to her head, which led to her death three days later. Mr. Birch was arrested charged with murder, and now the friends of Jen Angel are trying to reconcile the clear murder of their friend with her longtime commitment to social justice. Here's a quote from one of her friends named Pete Wojwoed. We are committed to carrying out Jen's legacy and the vision of the world that she pushed every day in her daily life. We know that this does not involve moving towards punishment and harm and retrenching racist And damaging practices. We're eager for the district attorney to take that seriously. And move toward potential opportunities for restorative justice. Now this is a guy. Pete Wojwoad. Friend of the murdered Jen Angel. Who deems it racist. To convict. Apparently he's Mr. Birch's black. To convict him for something that he clearly did. Of his own free will. Nobody forced him to go steal her purse. Nobody forced him to drive away with her caught in the door and bang her head on the pavement for 50 feet, thus killing her. Nobody forced him to do that. But Mr. Woywode is so woke that he thinks it is racist to hold Mr. Birch accountable for his crimes. Here is Jen Angel's fiancé weighing in. He says, I don't know if Mr. Birch is involved or not, obviously he is, got him on tape, but he's a very young black man, 19 years old, who was 18 years old on the day Jen was killed. I don't know what it's like to be black, but I know what it's like to be young and poor and desperate and thinking I needed to commit a crime in order to survive. Okay, this is a frequent leftist trope. AOC spouts it, Ilhan Omar spouts it, Jamal Bowman spouts it, they all spout it, that these crimes are committed... Because the people committing them have to steal, rob, even murder to survive. It's a lie. It's a lie. Nobody that you see on tape going into a drugstore, filling a bag with what? Cigarettes, shampoo, needs cigarettes and shampoo to survive? What do you think the percentage is? of stores robbed in this kind of fashion, you watch it all the time on video, what do you think the percentage of those stores is who, while they are robbed, or while they are the victims of smash and grabs, like you saw the other day from a Neiman Marcus in California, what percentage of those stores that are robbed also have help wanted signs in their window? I'm going to guess 95%. If you need to steal, to sell the things you steal to get money to eat, I have a suggestion. How about you just go in and work an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, and you won't risk having a criminal record, and Jen Angel would be alive. But no. The people who are friends of Jen Angel say that there are a lack of programs that offer restorative justice in place of traditional incarceration, and that they now are not sure how the case against Mr. Birch, the murderer, should move forward. Mr. Woywode, fellow activist to Jen Angel, says that in her short time on this earth, her baking made Oakland a better place, which I would say, not so fast, my friend. If it made it a better place, how come she's dead? He says, if you set a plate of cupcakes in the middle of a table, already the world is more just. Wow, what must it be like to have that perspective on life? They said that Jen Angel often supplied various social justice events with cupcakes and other selections from her bakery. And they provided, and she also (laughs) provided, she also provided cupcakes at the homecomings of individuals released from jail. Okay, I will say in this case, it is at least consistent that they even in the face of their friend being murdered, cannot see the fallacy of the positions that they have endorsed. They want to put Mr. Birch in some kind of a program where he gets counseling and this, that, and the other, and release him back on the street. And I'm going to tell you, I have zero fear that I'd be wrong, that he will be back in the criminal justice system within two to three years. Why would he not? Change occurs in our lives. Yours, mine, we don't have to be subjected to a criminal mindset. Change occurs when the pain of staying the same exceeds the pain of changing. That's the only reason you change. Mr. Birch, if he doesn't get punished, will not experience the kind of pain that he needs to experience to so change his ways.